0: for a more permanent place to call home, they moved back to Manitowoc in 1983 to run Tom's parents' candy store. Now it was two years later, and as usual, it took a long time for summer to arrive that year on the lakeshore, as the local television and radio personalities call East Central Wisconsin, even if nobody else does. And as usual, Lake Michigan was the culprit. For months, forecasters had qualified their predictions of a warm-up with the worn-out phrase, Cooler near the lake, and the patience of local residents were thin. But the switch flipped in mid-June, and the prevailing northeasterly winds mercifully ceased. With summer now in full swing, the Burnsons frequently spent late afternoons on the beach at Neshota Park, a twelve-minute drive from Manitowoc, just north of Two Rivers. In addition to raising the kids, and running the confectionery with Tom, Penny was a physical fitness instructor at the YMCA. And now that her summer fitness class was underway, she exercised religiously. A six-mile run, often along the Lake Michigan shoreline, anchored her daily routine. That Monday was a perfect day for the beach, and with their 11-year-old daughter and 10-year-old son, Tom and Penny planned to take full advantage of it. Tom pulled their Dodge caravan into the parking lot and grabbed the cooler, while Penny scoped out the beach for a place to set up camp. With sunshine and a mild breeze off the lake, the quarter-mile stretch of beach was packed with sunbathers, But Penny found a spot at the edge of the sand and popped open an oversized umbrella to protect them from the sun. She read a few pages from the novel she'd been working on since school let out, while Tom kept an eye on the kids who splashed around in the 55-degree water. Penny would testify months later that it was precisely three o'clock in the afternoon when she removed her red and white striped t-shirt and got ready for her run. She knew it was three because a few days earlier she'd struggled against a strong headwind, and Tom and the kids were worried when she was late getting back to the park. This time she wanted to make sure she was back in an hour, so she checked her watch before leaving. Three o'clock on the nose. She said goodbye to Tom and then started jogging north along the smooth, wet sand at the edge of the water, barefoot, with her swimsuit on. Penny jogged past the edge of Neshota Park and crossed into Point Beach State Forest a few minutes later. Lying immediately to the north of the park, Point Beach State Forest transforms Lake Michigan's shoreline into an isolated wilderness. Undulating rows of sand dunes run like waves parallel to the shore, and hide from view whatever occurs in the troughs. Towering pines rise sixty feet into the sky at the edge of the forest, fifty yards inland, and stand guard with an ever-watchful and imposing eye over the beach below. A mile and a half into her run now, Penny gazed out at the sparkling waters of Lake Michigan to her right and the deep forest of Point Beach to her left. With awe, not fear, a sense of utter isolation, filtered into her psyche. Bathed in sunlight, with endorphins surging, she felt like she was on top of the world. Ten minutes earlier, she had passed a scraggly-looking man just beyond the public area of the beach, and despite temperatures in the mid-80s, the man had a leather jacket on. Kind of odd, given the temperature, she thought to herself. Nice day for a jog, the man said. Yes, it's a beautiful day. Penny replied over her left shoulder as she jogged past. Penny wasn't about to let the strange-looking man put a damper on her run. Fifteen minutes later she crossed First Creek, as the locals call the shallow stream that empties into Lake Michigan there. And a half mile further she spied a sailboat running on its auxiliary motor with its sails down. The small craft was traveling in the same direction as she was, so she made a game out of jogging at the same pace. By the time she crossed Second Creek, a mile further north, she had found her stride and had worked up a considerable sweat. Now at the halfway point of her run, she checked her watch as she made the turn and headed back toward the park. Perfect. Three-thirty, right on schedule. She spotted the odd-looking man again twenty minutes later. He'd walked a half-mile further north, well into the wilderness now, and he was standing in the midst of a stubby poplar tree ten feet from the water, and fifty yards ahead of her. At first, she wasn't afraid, just curious. Why had the man walked so far up the beach with his street clothes on? And why was he hiding in the midst of a poplar tree just thirty feet in front of her now? A few strides later, she noticed that the man's face looked.